when people cancel, you know, last minute, why is it that they're not held responsible for that? Because that's money you were expecting for the week. You had locked it in and someone else could have been in there. And it was just like, boom, mind blowing moment, right? It's like, hey everyone, it's me, Jay, and I'm with my girl, Nina. And welcome back to the No Stylist Left Behind podcast. We want to give a big shout out to our sponsors at Oligo Professional. We love you. And oh, Nina, you know you do it for me. You're so beautiful. You're my bestie. And guys, don't we love her? Yeah, you know what you're doing right now in the car, at the salon, you're listening with your besties. This is my bestie. You love her. We love her. I love you. Well, I love her you. Thanks. That's a nice little introduction. I'm here for it. We are here for it. You know what? It's always like a party because first of all, let me just say I was sitting on the edge of my seat. Because when you get this little smirk, like you're going to, you don't want to tell me what you're going to say. I got to wait. I'm I'm waiting to see what's going to come out of your mouth. Do I need to jump? Do I need to sit back? Like what's going to happen? You know what I mean? So that was a cutie cue. I like that one. Thank Um, you. My pleasure. My pleasure. I just got to remind you. You know what I mean? Just do a little daily reminder. Guys, thank you also for listening. Mm -hmm. Listening to us. Yeah. Y'all are really badass. Right? Three years now. They've been like, listening. And bad it's so ass. awesome. Yeah. And can you believe it's been three years? It's crazy. Every year that passes, I'm like, I always think of that moment when you came <sighs> over to my condo and we sat yes. and we had like little notepad. I think we even had post-it notes and we were yes. trying to be cute. And we laid everything out and then we turned it into the mission, what the mission was behind the podcast and just kind of walked through that process a little bit and then came up with this concept and we're like, all right, we got to go. And listen, we had to learn as we went, you know, we've never had a podcast. We've never have done this before. And obviously if you go back and listen to our first episode, (laughs) you'll know that we were new. Um, but now we have just gotten so comfortable and just have a rhythm and flow and knowing that you guys are tuning in and listening to us every other Friday just really warms our hearts. So thank you so much for supporting us over the past three years. Yes. And also all of our amazing guests who Mm. have shown up and showed out. And I think you know, that truly the alignment that I feel like me and you have like held a high standard to, to like make Mm -hmm. sure that we're sharing voices that are so diverse and wide and expansive Mm -hmm. and journeys. And, and I've learned so much. So all of our guests, thank you. And yes, we have a guest today, baby. Speaking of guests, we have one. And I am lit up for this. Same. I know, right? So let's not waste time. Let's bring her in. We have an awesome hairstylist, coach, educator. She is based in New Orleans and her name is Gabrielle, but you better know her as Strawberry Curls on Instagram. So welcome, welcome, my friend. So happy to have you with us today. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I am excited to be here. Um, thank you for this opportunity. Um, I, it's crazy because it's like I'm going from like being a fan of yours, Nina, on Instagram to now I'm on the podcast. <laughs> I, was like, this is cool. 
I can live. I can live with this. <laughs> I love it. I'm so happy that you're on, and I cannot wait to hear about your journey and like all the tips and tricks you have for all of our listeners. So I'm fired up to learn a lot more about you. Absolutely. Yes. And thank you so much for your time. And I'm excited because we did our live together. So you had me on as a guest on your live and it's just cool to just learn from different people and vibe with different people. And so, but now we get to learn more about you. So tell us a little bit about your journey in the industry, how long you've been in the business and why you chose this industry and kind of how you got to where you, you know, from where you started to where you are now. Okay, so um, again, thanks for having me on. So I've been in the industry for about six years now. Prior to this, I was a hair blogger and a YouTuber. I was like one of the people that y'all hated. That said, you have to explain to your clients like that doesn't go like that, you know. <laughs> I was one of those people, uh, but I've been I've been in the entrepreneurial space since I was like twenty one years old, right? So I gained so much traction on my blog unintentionally. I was really just sharing my hair journey, and um, I got to a point in my life where you know I was in school, I was in college because I actually didn't go to college. I was in school until I was twenty five. Mm. So um, I got to a point in my life where it was around a time where student loans started to like really, I don't know if you guys remember, kicking gear. They weren't giving grants as much and they were mm. pushing like student loans, student loans, right? So I basically hit a wall with it. Um, and I remember talking to my grandfather, who also is my pastor, um, and he suggested that I go to hair school uh, because of my blog. And I was like, no. <laughs> I don't want to do that. <laughs> like, I don't want to do people's hair. I like doing my hair. I don't do everybody else's hair. It's not like too much work. Like, I don't want to do it. Because um, at the time, believe it or not, I was in tech. I was in IT. Uh, that's what I was in school for. Um, so at his suggestion, so I basically, I kind of got in prayer about it. And I was just like, okay, I some got to shake, right? So the same answer came back to me, like, go to cosmetology school. Um, my grandfather told me again, right? So it is. A, it, it, I, I tell people, like, this is an integral part of my story. I wouldn't be who I am. Yeah. Um, I definitely believe that the Lord Jesus blessed me um, with this talent, and I didn't know it was there, and I was being pushed in that direction, even though mm. I was refusing. <laughs> I would never leave that part out. <laughs> I was refusing, right? But then when I finally stopped fighting against it, and I'm just like, okay, I'm, I have built this whole platform. He wouldn't just be telling me this. Um, and my grandfather is somebody who's never steered me wrong. Um, so I'm like, okay, I, I, it's, I've been blessed by the Lord to do this, right? Um, so I paid for cosmetology school out of pocket. Now, even with that being said, none of this journey has been easy. Um, I paid for cosmetology school out of pocket. I originally got a grant. They took like the vast majority of my grant away. Um, and ironically, I had to use the money from my blog to pay for cosmetology school because oh, wow. I was not working at all. Um, I was just strictly going to cosmetology. Um, once I got out of cosmetology school, it was like two years before I got my license because I had to finish paying my tuition. Um, oh, what, yeah, they, they were not, let me take my test. They were like, yeah, no, we need the money first. We're not releasing these hours. Right. Um, so I actually failed my cosmetology test like three, three times. 
<laughs> and believe me, I was like bawling in tears. I was like, I can't do this. This is stupid. Like, I was yes. all over the place, right? Because it was just like, I don't understand why this is so hard. I know I know what I'm doing. Because um, I was really like, really going hard behind it, right? So yes. once I passed my test, um, I got into, I went straight to Booth Rent. I went to Booth Rent and I worked at Blow for $9 an hour to basically cover my booth rent, right? Um, Because at the time I didn't have a lot of clients. And I just started to kind of notice, like I was, the salon I was in, it was me and three other women. Um, I just kind of started asking questions. I was like, okay, how do you guarantee this? How do you guarantee that? And like, literally nobody can answer for me. I was like, so if somebody cancels, what do you do? And I'm like, they just cancel. I'm like, so if they're late, what do you do? They're just late. (laughs) And I'm like, I don't like this. I don't like anything about this. Like, you know, I'm like, there has to be a better way. So um, I am a serious advocate for knowledge, right? Yes. Um, I've always been like that. I was raised like that. Um, and it, it, it just got to the point where I was like, okay, since no one around me knows what to do, then I need to figure out what to do. Um, I mm. started following... I don't even remember how I found him, but I started following Raymond Terragano. He had um, a online platform for hairstylists. It was like $14.99 a month. So I just started like soaking in everything that he was talking about. He led me to one person that led me to another person. And it just opened up my whole world. Right. Um, And again, I also did not learn color in school. FYI. I did not learn hair color in school at all. (laughs) Uh, Like at all. So um, once I started to get to education part, I went to a class at my local beauty supply store and the instructor worked for Joyco. So I just like after class, I just asked her, you know, how did you start working for Joyco? And she like just gave me all the information and she gave me the information to her manager. Um, then I applied for Joyco. Boom, I'm working for Joyco now. Wow. Um, and yes. I got so much color education, uh, working behind the scenes at model shows or whatnot. It was a great, great, it was a really great experience. And that introduced me to a bunch of hair shows that I didn't even know existed. You know, because being African-American, all we know is Brown for the most part, for the most part, all we know is Brown Brothers. That's all anybody around me was talking about was Brown Brothers, Brown Brothers, right? Um, I didn't know about all of the other shows, but when I started working for Joyco, it was like, boom, this whole new world opened up to me. And it was just like this endless amount of education. So I really fast-tracked myself because I was taking everything in, implementing, Mm. going back, testing it. I was just just completely obsessed. I was like, I have to figure this out. I have to get this right. Um, I have to figure out the business part because some of these rules was not sitting right with my soul. (laughs) I was like, I I can't do it. Um, So one thing that Raymond, and he probably doesn't even uh, realize he had such an impact on me. One thing that he said on a live one day was he was talking about cancellations and he was saying, you know, when people cancel, you know, last minute, why is it that they're not held responsible for that? Because that's money you were expecting for the week. You had locked it in and someone else could have been in there. And it was just like, boom, mind-blowing moment, right? So 
that really changed my perspective on the business side of the salon. So fast forward to getting into education. Um, as I started to go to more shows, it didn't matter white, white black, Asian, Hispanic, it that didn't matter. As I talked to more and more hairstylists, I noticed that, I mean, this is not a, a brag at all, but I noticed that my knowledge has surpassed a lot of people very quickly, but that's because of the way that I learned, right? And how obsessed I had become with it. So yes. when I, once I realized I had something to offer outside of social media, um, that's when I kind of started to dive into the education space. Um, I started realizing the revenue that I was making wasn't even a common thing, you know, on either side of the fence. Um, and that's basically how we got here because I, I really felt the need uh, to share with people. And, and to be completely honest, being a blogger and a hairstylist, all the, I mean, um, uh, a blogger and a YouTuber all those years, I was pretty much already an educator. I just wasn't categorizing myself as that. Mm. You know, it was more like yes. influencer or something like that. You know, but I was already doing that stuff. I was on stages and stuff before I even became a hairstylist uh, because of that platform. So that's how I got here. I'm so obsessed with this. I just have to share something with you. I was a blogger in 2009 when it wasn't cool. You know what I mean? Like we were doing everything. When the magazines were like, shh, like shut up. Like (laughs) y'all. Right. (laughs) Wherever we were doing it for free. We're like, hey, we'll come to the show. You know what I'm talking about, (laughs) But also what I what I love the most is that you said, I seeked out knowledge first. And that to me is the key benefit to anyone starting a journey, any journey is seeking that knowledge first. And then everything else starts to open up and everything else starts to fall in place. So when you said that, I almost ran around the block because I was like, yes, absolutely agree with that. And just so you know, I failed my cosmetology test twice. Oh, did you? Yep. I, wow. I was like, not good at taking tests. So you're not alone. Like I did too. And my husband, yeah, like, we're at really good it. at this. I'm like, not a <laughs> test. Like, I'm not a <laughs> test. <laughs> Well, listen, that's something we all have in common because okay. I'm, I'm definitely not good at taking tests either. Um, yes. I was such a nervous wreck when I had to go take my cosmetology test because I, I was a bad test taker and it really stressed me out. However, like probably for one of the first times in my life, I really studied. Like I really, really studied. <laughs> uh, my mom was shook because she was like, you're studying. I was like, yeah, I got to pass this test, mom. I'm about to go into my trade in my career, right? I want to like get it done. So Um, I think that's something that, you know, we have in common, which is so cool. I want to shift gears a little bit and talk about your education platform, because I know that you have a large education platform in which your focus is to help hairstylists make more money, which I live for. And so I want to dive into that a little bit. And I want you to share the three tips or three ways that hairstylists can make more money. So let's kind of break them down and let's go roll in with tip number one. Okay. So tip one, number one has got to be the basic, basically the lowest hanging fruit possible charge for consultations. I am always baffled at how many people do not charge for consultations. Um, I got this concept 
from doctors, actually. Doctors charge consultation fees. Mm-hmm. And it is to examine what is going on before they do any kind of work to you, right? Um, before they recommend any kind of medication. The same thing applies in the salon. You, Someone comes in and you've never seen their hair before. You never touched it. You never felt it. You don't know their hair history, any of that stuff. So mm-hmm. you end up, you know, just taking them on the spot. Of course, we know people are not honest when they want something. They see one thing and a lightener proves something very different, right? <laughs> um, <laughs> so now you have to figure out, okay, what do I do now, now that we're here? You might not be equipped for this particular client um, because mm-hmm. everyone doesn't have a full color cabinet. Everyone doesn't have a fully stocked inventory um, in order to be able to correct the mistake. So now you've extended your time with this particular person just because you did not sit down and have a conversation with them prior mm. to this. So, yeah, so charging, oh, sorry, go ahead. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, but I did get excited. When you when you charge for consultations, because I know that there's different ways that you can do it, and, and doctor's office is the same, they do the same thing, right? When you charge mm-hmm. for your consultation, do you then put that consultation fee toward their service, or is this a separate service? I've heard it done both ways where you actually charge whatever. I'm just going to say 50 bucks, just throwing out a number. You charge 50 bucks, and then that 50 bucks is their consultation fee. That's it. Or do you roll that $50 into their service if they book their appointment with you? So when I first started doing them, I would roll it into the service. Mm-hmm. Um, but as time went on, I stopped doing that. Um, only because, you know, and I can only speak for me, with my right. experience, I noticed people started coming in and they were like bringing all of their products from home and stuff. I'm like, is this one okay? Is that one okay? And I'm like, yeah, no, this this mm. has to stop, right? Um, but that that that's that's for me, right? Um, I always recommend when you start off charging for consultations to roll it in the service. And mm-hmm. as time goes on, your demand increases, your bookings increase, then you can actually just take it off because now I don't um, roll it into the service anymore. It's just come awesome. sit down and talk to me. Um, and if you book right then in there, you know, we discuss how that goes. Mm-hmm. And if you decide not to book, then I don't feel slighted. Right. <laughs> I don't feel like no, I'm yeah. my time. Absolutely. And I just wanted to, I love options too, because I think everybody has to do what's best for their business. So I think it's so right. important to know that they could, have the option of putting that $50, I'm just using that as an example, toward their service, or right. that $50 is the $50 and that is being you know paid for your time. So good clarification. I love that. What do you have for tip number two? So tip number two would be get really, really, really good at something. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to say extensions. I'm not going to mm-hmm. say color. I'm going to say Find a niche and get mm-hmm. really good at it. The riches are in the niche. Mm. Um, whatever it is that you might be passionate about, because the beauty of this industry is that you can decide what you want to do. You don't have to do what everyone else does. I mean, right. you don't have to do it all. You can be really, really good at one thing. And, and you know, that's just it. Um, that could be what you're known for. Um, so mm-hmm. get really clarity on what it is that you want to do become the best that you can at that so you can charge top dollar for it Mm, I live for a niche because I think that it is so important now to have 
something that makes you stand out. And listen, defining your niche is going to come over time. You're not necessarily going to come out of school in one week and be like, boom, this is what I want to do, right? Because you really kind of have to spread your wings a little bit, see what it is that you enjoy, get your hands in some different parts of the industry. And then when you really start to lean towards something, let's just say it's balayage, for, for instance, using that as an example, now you can really double down on your education and really be focused on becoming more of an expert in that area. But then how are you going to do it differently than everybody else, right? It's like, how are you going to elevate that service? Because you know there are a lot of people doing balayage and they're doing it great, but what makes you special and unique? So I love, love that tip. I am living for tip number two for sure. What do you have for us for tip number three? So tip number three would be increase the amounts for your deposits. Mm. So this is like like what's so important about knowing the business side of it, right? My deposits are between 50 and 60% non-refundable. Okay. Like that locks the client in, right? So if you decide that you, you know, you just want to cancel or whatnot, it's like, okay, well, you know. But I also have all of this in writing, right? Um, A lot of stylists miss so much money just because they charge $25 for a deposit, $100 Mm -hmm. for a deposit. You know, like if you just increasing your deposit amount, and it doesn't have to be 50, 60%, right? I started off with 20%. Yeah, I started off with 20%. Even when they rebook. You have to rebook. Uh, at I think my rebooking fee is thirty percent. It used to be ten percent, uh, but then I upped it to thirty percent. Right. So you always have cash flow. You constantly have cash flow. Right. So if somebody is, let's say you take a week off work, right, and you're on vacation, but maybe you send out a text message or send out an email before you left and say, "Hey, you guys can book on this date. I'm going on vacation." You're getting booking notifications while you're on vacation. And you know that money is going to your account, right? So that makes a huge difference. And as crazy as it sounds, I mean, obviously the goal, (laughs) the goal is to get people to come in and complete their service. But I have had literally had people book $600, $800 deposits and text me and say, hey, I want to cancel. I know the deposit is not refundable. Oh, wow. Right. Like literally. Wow. And I'm like, well, since you know, and I'm not saying that I just let them, you know, I'm not saying that I'm just like, oh, I'll just take the money. I'll even say, are you sure? And I'm like, yeah, no, I'm sure. Go ahead. Wow. Okay. I, I do want to <laughs> say this. Have Is your booking um, more online? Have you like fully transferred where people just go on an app or on your online booking to make these reservations. So it's a lot easier to like have your non-negotiables like in front of them. Yeah. So when people, I, I am completely online. Um, and even yes. when they rebook in the salon, I'm booking on the app. Perfect. Like there is nothing outside of the app. I love that. I think that's wonderful. I, I also love these tips because I love seeing a different side of it, right? A different point mm-hmm. of view of, you know, how to run your business, right? And this may spark, and I know it will, 
like motivation for people to take their business serious, right? And what I love the most is that you're leading with conversation and you're setting yourself up for success, which is so inspiring. So mm. I love that you really touched on, you know, having a conversation, being clear, because that's kind, Brene Brown, not my quote. Um, but yeah, like I'm fired up. I do want to pivot really quick. Oh, wait, before you pivot, okay. can I do a spin? Yeah, done. Get it. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, because I, I just want to make things very clear for stylists that are listening to this about the deposits. Um, when it comes to these deposits, so you are saying every you have every single person book with a deposit and it ha- it's anywhere between 50 and 60% of the service and it's non-refundable. Is that correct, right? Right. So let me clarify even further. When yep. you first come in for your, mm-hmm. your consultation, it's a 50% non-refundable deposit. No matter what mm-hmm. the total is, it's 50%. But that's also stated on my website, right? Um, if they book, let's say they uh, you know, have their first appointment, then they go online to book again, that's 60%. When If they rebook in the salon with me, that's mm-hmm. 30%. So gotcha, it's three yeah. different percentages. Right. So if they're they're rebooking, then it's 30% because then they become more of a regular client. Yes. There's a little bit more trust there. So it, you're lessening the deposit there on that. I think also um, with that being said, I, I want to make it very, very clear because when you're doing deposits, when you're having uh, policies, especially things that are non-refundable, the client has to sign off yes. on these things because yes. it can't be just like, oh, it's a little pop-up on my website or oh, I have all my policies stated or they get it in their confirmation text. No one reads shit. Like I just did a reels on this not too long ago. Nobody reads shit. So in terms of protecting yourself, you have to send out an intake form or sometimes your point yes. of sale system will have something for you where they electronically sign and check the box that they agree to your policies. Um, because if you don't and you start collecting deposits and they don't know it's non-refundable, you're going to get chargebacks from your credit card company. You've got to be very, very careful with this. So, and again, you may want to take deposits only on color corrections or blonding services. You may want to take deposits on your balayage services. Maybe you're not doing it on haircuts. You do what's best for your business. We're just offering advice and yeah. just a different point of view, which I absolutely love. Um, and I love the difference where you're doing 50 to 60 for original client and then 30% for their rebooking with the, um, you know, a current client too, because it gives them a little bit more like breathing room, you know, as the client. Yeah. So I love that. Very cool. So I do want to add, I'm glad you brought that up because I was going to bring that point out. I'm on Vagaro and Vagaro does have forms um, mm-hmm. that, and I, I think it's like four forms that pops up when you become a client of mine. And yes. not only do they have to click, I agree, but they have to sign their name too. Right. Yes. Um, yep. so when it does come, you know, someone tries to do the whole chargeback thing, I have everything in writing. Um, I just send it to the credit card company. I'm like, look, they agree to that. So that is very important. That is yes. extremely important because every, honestly, with the exception of the disputes that I didn't even try to get, you know, try to combat, I have literally won every single dispute when someone tried to say they didn't do this or, you know, because, right. you know, we don't put in their credit card information. They do all of that. I don't do right. any of that. Um, mm-hmm. So that is very important. They should have forms. Um, you should take the time to get that in order if you do not have it. And if you don't have yes. an app where it pops up like I do, you could actually just have it in a salon with you and have them sign when you get there. 
Yes. Take your business serious. Like put in the hard work in the beginning and everything else is smooth sailing from there. Whoa, I'm fired up. I don't know about (laughs) y'all, but I'm fired up. So I I do want to take a little bit deeper on on this side. So we're going to pivot really quick. And because you have built a name for yourself through being a blogger and a YouTuber, and like you really understand what it takes to navigate the online world, right? You really have that credibility there. And then now you're out teaching other stylists, you're doing guests behind the chair, and you're now bringing that online presence forward, right? Right into a room full of people. So for me, and what I what I have heard from stylists reaching out to us is how do you align your online presence to match your in-person experience? right? Because you got to be careful what your website says, what you say online, because the truth comes out, right? Like when you show up, when your client shows up or the stylist show up for us in our rooms, we kind of have to align that way. So what are some tips on ensuring that you are truly aligned? So um, I would definitely say one of the biggest things that customers look forward to, let's say they're online, they see they're excited, they see your work, um, it's customer experience. Their experience when they walk in the salon. Do, do people walk in and y'all just stare at them? Or do you actually speak? You know? Right, yeah. <laughs> are you uh, friendly? Um, are you? And, and no one's saying that you have to be someone that you're not, right? Um, but it's small things go a long way. Do you offer your clients water? Do you take their purses from them when they walk in and their coats or their jackets and hang it up for them? Um, what, what what kind of experience are you providing for the clients when they walk in? Because a lot of times disappointment does come when the alignment isn't there, if that makes sense. Um, if you're like one way online and you're uh, posting all yeah. this beautiful work, but then they get in and it's like a two hour wait, even though they had an appointment set. Right. Like, so you have to make sure that what you, first of all, you have to have the capacity for it. I, I do want to say that everyone wants to have like these overbooked books, but I can tell you from experience, <laughs> it is better for you to start slow and be underbooked, find your footing. Yeah, you yeah. be overbooked, losing your mind because then you really lose your customer experience because mm. then you're you're just trying to get people out the door, right? Yeah. So, um, I would definitely say take a look at your systems and make sure that you can deliver the type of customer experience that you have presented online to the client yes. when they get there. Mm. Absolutely, because here's the thing: it's all about your brand. So whatever you're sharing online, whatever you're showcasing online and online means your website and your Instagram and your Facebook, if that's where you live. Right. Right. So what that means is if they see a certain type of person online and that's how you're being represented of yourself, when they come to the salon, they better get that same energy, that same vibe, that same feel, because if not, there's a disconnect. And they're like, right. wait a minute, this isn't the same spot. This isn't the same person. Who, right. who am I sitting with for the next two or three hours? You know, I think it's important in, in that alignment. But Jay, also you kind of flipped it too on the stylist side, right? With education. Yeah. We do have stylists that want to show up and become educators. So what would be your advice 
from online platform to then doing online um, in-person education as a hairstylist. Oh man, that one, that's a, that's, that's a little <laughs> difficult. <laughs> that's, a, that's a little difficult. I mean, because on one, one end it's like, okay, I'm seasoned with this education thing, right? Um, and it's just being completely transparent, being a blogger, being a YouTuber. I was speaking on, I've been speaking on stages since I was 21 years old. I'm 34 now. So I've had a lot of practice in front of the camera, off the camera, on the stage. I've had a whole lot of practice, right? So when I started educating, it wasn't really a flip switch. It was more so a change of subject matter than anything, right? Mm -hmm. um, but I I honestly, it is, this is going to sound like this shouldn't even be the simple answer, but it is the simplest answer. If you are interested in educating, I would find an educator to mentor under. Oh, absolutely. because just because you can't just because you can do doesn't mean you can teach. Mm. Sometimes you're just good at doing, but you're not necessarily good at conveying that information over oh, yeah. to somebody. But the good news is you can get good at it. Anything yep. you want to learn to do, you can get good at it. Um, so, you know, whether that be joining a company and uh, learning under an education team or reaching out to an educator and asking, can they mentor you, joining a mentorship program, yes. whatever that might be, knowledge is always, knowledge first is always, you will win every time if Amen. you do it that way. Um, if you're shy, if you want to be an educator and you're shy on stage, um, I think it's called Toastmasters. Toastmasters, yes. Yeah, yep. you can actually go to like these, I, I, I don't know, is it still free? I don't know. I think there's like a membership. I'm not sure. I think you have to pay a membership. Yeah, but there's like membership with Toastmasters where you can actually go and practice in front people because public speaking in order to educate, you need to public be able to public speak. You can start <laughs> practicing on a camera. Um, mm -hmm. So you everything you can learn just about anything that you want to be able to learn. Uh, but I will say that um, just make sure that you're delivering the information because people can pick up on when you're just doing it for the money right because mm -hmm. um, there's a lot of money in education and believe me I have been to classes where I'm like I could have left my money in my pocket <laughs> like just show me the technique so I can leave lord I <laughs> <laughs> was so bad you know <laughs> Um, so people can kind of pick up on that and, you know, just remain humble through the entire process because just as quickly as you're given something, it can be taken away from you. So no matter how big you get, no matter how, uh, popular you get, just try your best to stay grounded, um, and the entire purpose. And that is to serve the people. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. That is so true. And I'm living for the mentorship. It's wrapped up. In a gorgeous so, <laughs> box. <laughs> it's so important. And and yeah, the humble part is is very true. You have yes. to remember who you are and where you came from. Got to keep your feet on the ground for sure. Very, very important. So this has been so awesome just chatting with you, getting to know a little bit about your story, talking about education, sharing some awesome tips on how hairstylists can make more money. And if people want to reach out to you or find you or look into your education, where can they find you on Instagram and what is your website? Um, so my website is strawberrycurls.com, but you can mostly find me on Instagram at strawberrycurls. Um, I'm, I'm literally the same thing on everything, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube. Um, what is it? Uh, 
oh yeah so strawberry curls with a nine out of y uh yeah boom that's how you find me yep. I love that and listen I know you live on Instagram because I live on Instagram and you're always on Instagram because <laughs> when I'm on I, I always see that you're on too so I think it's um you've created such a platform of education and I think it's really really great what you're doing and what you're sharing so thank you so much for sharing your truth mm. and sharing your story we're so grateful to have you today and thank you make, yes of course make sure and then if I, I can can I throw one more thing out there yes go ahead um, real quick before we wrap up um so I just want to say you know even though I've given you guys these tips on how to make money please make sure you take me of course so you can keep it <laughs> yeah <laughs> you say I can tell you how to make it all day but if you cannot keep it it doesn't matter amen honestly so I just want to close with that <laughs> Oh Gabrielle, I agree. Everyone, keep your money. <laughs> Nina Tulio. That's Thank your you next so class much. title. Keep your money. Keep Nina your Tulio. money. Make that money. Keep, keep your, your money. money. Keep your money. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Thank you so much for the shout. And I did not pay her to do that. I promise. <laughs> <laughs> this is so important, right? Like everybody yes. wants to make money, but it's like, you know, no one wants to, like knows how to keep it. And it, it drives me insane. Like it's, yes. it's just so it's a it's a trigger for me. Like, man, this doesn't make sense. I can show you how to make money, but will Let's it do matter? It. You know? Let's talk profit. Saying. Yeah. I'm here <laughs> for it. Thank you. This, this has been so great. You're so fun. Thank you again so much for sharing your time with us. Make sure that you go and follow Strawberry Curls on Instagram. Check her website out, check her education platform out. Make sure that you check out our sponsor at Oligo Pro on IG, my best guy at It's Mr. J. Ladner and myself at Nina Tulio. And if you learn anything from listening to us today, please know that it is okay to live in your truth and remember to always live your life out loud. See you next time. Bye.